Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you on the show today. We're back with more NASCAR talk, and this man's on a roll on the show. Yes, you guys just, well, roll over. That's right. I got it from here on out. That's right. That's Amos, everyone. Going to be gloating a lot on the show today, we think. So, good weekend for you, Amos, obviously. Very good weekend. Yeah, okay, good. I got it. And Chris, your your woes continue, but you're still coming back. So I guess we have to decide right now if we can declare Amos the greatest of all time. Wow, no, I mean I'm still leading in the points. I think so. Hold on, hold well, on. Not by much. I mean I know you're and down not double. For long. Uh, well, we'll see. Chris is down like double digits on both of us. So, you so know, I okay. I officially concede. There's no way I can overtake <laughs> him now. Probably not anymore. No, for the regular season at least. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna talk about Atlanta. Uh, only one of us, well, we'll say like one and a quarter of us, watched the race on Sunday. It was a good race, though, we would say. I mean, it was largely dominated by the Bush, Bush brothers. Uh, but, you know, I watched the last 20 laps, which was probably like the best part of the race. Chris, you watched a lot of it. Um, so how much of this race do you want to talk about, Chris? Or do you think we can sum it up and look at some of the stand uh, where some of the drivers placed and kind of go through some uh, stuff about the standings and how this playoff race is shaping now, I don't know that we need to do a lap-by-lap lap or even stage-by-stage stage recap of the thing. I uh-huh. mean, bottom line is, is Kurt Busch made it into the chase yes. by virtue of a win. I'm very happy about that because he's now secured a spot. I think what we need to be now is, is on the Denny Hamlin is out watch <laughs> because, you know, what do we got, four more races in the regular season? Just looking at the points, I just don't see Chris Buescher making up 96 points just to get to 16th, let alone booting Denny Hamlin from the points. And I don't see, at this point, anybody outside the top 16 scoring a victory. I mean, if they did, I would be shocked at this point. I'm I'm still rooting for Matt DiBenedetto. You know, to get All a right. victory. Well, well, let's talk about this top. I really like to yeah. see him in the chase. Yeah, I would too. Let's talk about this top 16 here in a minute. Uh, let's kind of run through the finishing places of this race real quick, guys. So 236 of the 260 possible laps led by Kurt Busch and Kyle Busch combined. Uh, so they dominated the race. They both score 55 points plus. Uh, Kurt actually scored almost 60 points. That's one of the highest point scores I've seen in a single race this season. So a uh, great performance from him. Um, so let's just start at first place, guys. Uh, we'll start with you, Amos. Obviously, we'll get to the picks in a minute, but you did predict this win. Uh, you felt very confident about it, too. Chris actually liked your pick as well, I remember, on the show, and I was kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. But he, uh, he drove the wheels off that thing and got another late-season win to secure a chase spot. So are you impressed? Are you surprised? Like, what are you feeling for Kurt here? Well, I'm, I'm impressed that Kurt's driving as well as he is lately. I'm not surprised. I mean, Kurt's the type of driver that's going to get one victory a year or and, and can feasibly get more. No, I'm not saying he's only good for one, but I think they started out slow, had some rough luck, and then obviously his experience and and some good tracks over the last 10 races has helped get him into a position to run for points inside the top 16. And then it's also gave him a lot of confidence on the track as far as 
top tens, top fives, running well, and then obviously a victory on Sunday. So I wasn't at all surprised he won. It was his fourth win of his career at Atlanta. He's run well up to this point. I think I think Anassi's he's running well. I think he's promoting himself well going into this merger with Trackhouse and or possible silly season or other seats that may open. So but no, I'm not at all surprised. I'm impressed that he's run well, doing good, but not surprised. He's doing real well lately. Chris, were you surprised that he was as dominant in this race as he was? I mean, we haven't really seen Kurt Busch have a performance quite like this all season. It kind of, in my opinion, kind of come out of nowhere, his dominance. I mean, he looked like he was in a Hendrick car in the Chevy. I mean, it was, it was very impressive. He was very impressive in his win, but the thing that I find ironic is, is they announced that Chip Ganassi selling his team. Yeah. And Kurt has had, well, a win and a really good finish. Yes. You know, in the last two races since that announcement. Well, and the lead-up to the announcement, a few races before, he was turning in really good performances as well. I mean, this is a five-race stretch that he's hit really well yeah. on. So. so, and maybe he's, you know, we like to say peaks and valleys on these drivers and yeah. car teams and mm -hmm. stuff. Maybe he's in the stride right now going into the chase. Maybe think, it's happening mm, at the right time. Do you think he's got a realistic chance in the chase to keep moving forward, or is he you know, maybe just going to fill the field in the back? He's got as good a chance as any of the other 16 drivers. The, the, yeah. only, the only thing that he's not got going for him that, say, the top five guys have got is they've got multiple wins, which are multiple points, which they carry completely through the chase. Yeah you know, to get placed in the top four for mm -hmm. the final race. So he doesn't have that going for him. But if he could reel off a win or two in the chase, it's going to well, put him in a really good spot. And I want to remind you yeah. again that we picked him to be in the top four. So we got to root for him. Yeah, but then we switched that pick. At least I took him off my pick midseason. So. I don't think I did. I don't remember. I know I did because he wasn't he, midway through the season. I was like, done. oh, I my, but anyway. he's not doing very good. Uh, do you think this – I mean, I know one win doesn't make or break anything in a season, but do you think this one win solidifies the fact that Kurt Busch will probably have a good seat next season, whether it be at Trackhouse or somewhere else? Well, in listening to some of the sources that I listened to through the week, the – Odds on bet is is that yeah he's now secured a seat at Trackhouse yeah and Ross Chastain is the guy with the odd man out yeah you know Daniel Suarez got a, got a ride and and now the speculation is is that Kurt Busch has secured a ride if he wants to stay that's been the one stipulation they've said because I don't see any reason why he wouldn't though well right? they're still talking about twenty three xi with yeah him. but yeah. I think it's like I told you in the last program. And I think I want to echo that now, is I think Ross Chastain is probably the odd man out right now. Well, they do have three charters at Trackhouse. Rumor is they're going to sell one of them and only have two, so or just race two charters. So we'll see. I mean, nothing's very confirmed at this point. Speculation. Right. So, all right, uh, let's talk about the second-place finisher, unless you want to say anything more about Kurt Busch, Amos. No, well, I mean, I guess I will put in these terms. I was surprised he led as much, like the way he dominated the race. I was surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not surprised he won, but I mean, it was convincing fashion. And I am a little surprised that he had such a good car for that long of the race. And obviously his brother had a good car too. So uh, like you said, they pretty much cleaned up the field there. Yeah. But uh, I, I agree with Chris on that. I mean, Kurt Busch, 
if he wants the race, he solidified himself in a good position for, I don't know necessarily a super team. I don't know if there's anybody in the super teams that are going to be looking for drivers. Penske. Yeah, but he's been there before. Maybe Stuart Haas. <laughs> been there he's before. Been there before, too. <laughs> but he takes sponsorship everywhere he's going to go. So Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think the most logical sense is track house racing. Yeah, me too. That him and Monster. I mean, that's probably a pretty good fit. I'd like to see it. Yeah. So. All right, uh, let's talk about Kyle Busch then. So Kyle Busch obviously played second fiddle to his brother in this race, which we don't see often, actually. Uh, usually it's Kyle getting the better of Kurt, and Kurt was pretty happy after the race, uh, saying, you know, got a big cheer from the crowd when he's like, yeah, we beat Kyle. I thought that was pretty funny in his interview. Uh, Kyle, not very happy, though, coming in second. You could see that he used up his car a lot towards the end of the race. Like the last 10 laps, he made a huge push. He actually passed Kurt in turn one and two and had him for a second, but then the momentum from Kurt being on the high side shot him past Kyle, and uh, Kyle was pretty upset as well for a move Chastain pulled earlier in the race. Uh, but overall, it was another really solid performance from Kyle Busch. I don't, I don't want to dwell too much on you know what went on with that Chastain situation uh, because... I don't know. It, it, I don't, in my mind, it doesn't really matter. Kyle still had a chance at the end of the race to catch him, and his car wasn't quite there. Um, what do we make of this second-place performance from Bush, guys? Because this is another solid weekend, another really good finish from him. Uh, I know that we've been talking a lot about Kyle Larson on the show lately, but he's kind of fallen off the radar a little bit these last few weeks, and Kyle Bush has jumped into his place, it feels like, even though he's not winning back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back races. Uh, like Kyle did, he's still finishing very high uh, in every race over the last couple weeks. So what do we think, Chris? Is Kyle making the late push at the right time here? It looks to me like his team has kind of got their act together and they're actually putting some good cars on the track (laughs) with or without practice, Yeah, which I find interesting. Again, we talk about people peaking, you know, peaks and valleys, and maybe Kyle Busch is peaking at the right time, but... I got to tell you, uh, that was a solid second place finish. But I was sure disappointed with the post race interview with Kyle because, yeah, you know, what Chastain did was kind of boneheaded. Because <laughs> sure. I, I, I saw the move and it took me a minute to process what he was doing. Yeah, you know, be happy for your brother. You know what I mean? And he showed n- none of that. <laughs> yeah, he... and it, and and I know they don't have a big, you know, super relationship. Yeah. My heavens, you know, the guy just won a race security's position in the chase. I mean, you know, show a little care, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Uh, but he's very, very concerned about winning. It's all about the wins, which is understandable. But at the same time, you know, I'd like to be a little happy for your brother, maybe. Yeah. Um, so what do you think, Amos? Is is he peaking at the right time, or is it just a good run of form? Uh, is it going to be Kyle Larson versus Kyle Busch? Kind of like we've been saying the last couple of weeks with the way these two are racing here in these last couple weeks of the regular season? Well, I I don't know that it's just between them two right now. I mean, like Chris said, NASCAR's, it's kind of a hot and cold deal. You're going to have guys that are going to finish top fives, four or five races in a row, and then they could go 10, 15 races, me outside the top 10. Um, I am a little worried for Kyle Busch, mostly because we've talked about this before is, is he's an experienced veteran driver and he may be peaking it a little bit too early as far as the race uh, for the chase goes, but he's peaking at the right time for getting into the chase. 
Yeah. I don't think that. I mean, obviously, there was no doubt or ever a, a worry that he wouldn't be in the chase. But uh, you just kind of have to wonder if he's used, using up all his good luck. We kind of have to wonder maybe if Kyle Larson was the same way. Um, yeah, I mean, Kyle Larson's still running okay. I'm not going to just give it to Kyle and Kyle going down the road. I still think Kyle Larson has a a better chance just based on the overall performance through the year. Yeah, um, Kyle's had to work his butt off to get it to the Kyle Busch had to work his butt off to get to the point where he is now. You know, I made the comment to you, Ty, about four or five races ago when it was Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, and I think it was William Byron. And I said, that's probably your top four going into the final race in Phoenix for the championship. And I would dare say, I'd even still stand by that now, just based on, I mean, everybody's still running well, but... I'm not, I'm not going to just say Kyle and Kyle right now. We'll, right. we'll see. I mean, Kyle has – we'll see how he does after the break at the end of the the last four races going into the race for the chase. Well, he could do even better uh, after the break, honestly. Maybe. <laughs> so Because he come back really strong after the Easter break, if we remember, and that's when he started to race better. Right. And he's just worked through the summer and gotten – a better and better performance every time. So let's talk about three, four, and five kind of as a group. Martin Truex Jr. in third, Alex Bowman in fourth, Ryan Blaney in fifth place. Uh, so these the the story of these guys this season, all three of them have been inconsistency, and they're either up in the front kicking everybody's ass or they're in the back or, like, blown up in the garage. Like, there's no in-between, right? Or crashed. Yeah, I mean, that's the same thing, right? They yeah. blew up in they're, – they're in the garage. I mean – uh, so it's with these three finishing really well in this race, can we really take anything away from it because of the inconsistency of these guys? I mean, I think they're all legit title contenders. Maybe Ryan Blaney a little less than Truex and Bowman right now. But what what should we take away from this play, these uh, three places right here, Chris? I don't want to put too much value in this, you know, third, fourth, and fifth place finishes because they've been so inconsistent. It's It's... It's not something you're going to be able to just take to the bank, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. I would like to step down to the sixth-place finisher, however. All right. Well, let's let's get to him in a minute. We'll, we'll get well, to yeah, him after. Well, I was just going to make the comparison. If I had mm, okay. if I had a rising star right now, yeah. I would say it would be Tyler Reddick. Okay. Right now. But you can see the difference, right? Oh, Between yeah. Reddick yeah. and these three, Reddick is consistently around this top ten for a month or so, it feels like. Yeah. And these three are up and down like yo-yos, and you never know where they're going to end up at the end of the, of the, however many laps we're running. In this case, 260, and they finished top five. But right, it's just kind of random how they're finishing. Like Trix is winning races, and finishing top three, or he's in the back. He's he's had a really cold spell coming into this last race yeah. at Atlanta. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to judge his performance based on what happens at New Hampshire, which he. Notoriously does pretty well at New Hampshire because he raced on that track a lot before he came into NASCAR. Yeah. So he kind of has a feel for the track, shall we say. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as, you know, Alec Bowman and Ryan Blaney, I I mean, I don't want to put him down, but I look to see Alec Bowman have a really poor race at New Hampshire. Well, see, that's the thing with Bowman is, like, sometimes I think he's going to have poor races at some places and then he does really well. So he's kind of like 
the biggest wild card, I feel like, honestly. Uh, what do you think, Amos? Would you agree with a lot of the same stuff there? I mean, good performances, good finishes at the end of the day, but, I mean, honestly, it's so hard to conclusively say that these guys are are going to be in that top four discussion you just brought up a, a second ago when, when we were talking about Kyle Busch and your other top four guys. These three might not have the consistency those four guys are showing week in and week out. It kind of it seems that way. Um, I was just kind of looking at the last 10 finishes, not including the all-star race for Alex Bowman. He has seven top 10 finishes in the last 10 races. And we've talked about him earlier in the season, basically saying it was records or checkers. And if he wanted to do make any noise in the chase, he was going to have to be more consistent. Yeah. So I think he's kind of putting together a pretty decent run over the last 10 races. So I wouldn't – I mean, I'm, like I said earlier, he's not in my top four, but I think he's going to – I don't think he'll be bumped out early in the stage. But if he can keep the momentum he's built over the last 10 to this beginning of the chase, he, he'll he'll do okay. He'll get some good experience. I don't know if, he, if he's going to make it all the way. Ryan Blaney, he's the one that – well, him and Truex just seem like they're on the same path. <laughs> they just – Yeah. I, I just – I haven't quite figured out what's going on with really either of the two. Um, they're, they are definitely records or checkers. Yeah. I think if I was either one of them, I'd be pretty nervous because what is there, three races per stage? Yeah. So And they seem to go three races and wreck mm-hmm. out and then have yeah. a decent race. So um, I'm not really looking for them, either of them guys, to make a big splash. I was, I'm not surprised that Blaney had a top five finish here in Atlanta, but... I am a little surprised with Truex Jr., but I get, you know, he was due for a decent run. So I just, I guess we'll see what happens with Truex over the next four or five races. So, well, I don't, I don't know either. That's the thing with, with both those guys. And yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point about Bowman. Uh, I guess we are probably not giving him as much credit as we should over the last couple of races. Uh, but, we do have to remember he's also in that Hendrick camp, and they have outstanding cars lately. So, um, Agreed. Uh, so Tyler Reddick, we already kind of talked about a little bit. Uh, we have noticed his performances lately. He's been performing really well. I think he's really pushing to stay in the chase. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he's now 16th, right? He's the cut man. Mm, yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, he is cut man. Because yeah. four guys without wind right now are Hamlin, Harvick, Dylan, and Reddick in that order, and that's... 16, 15, 14, 13 right, right now in the right, chase. Right. So, I mean, Reddick knows that he's got to put in some good performances and he's got to get a point lead over Busher, who's in 17th, keep ahead of Matt DiPetodetto, pretty healthy, Suarez, uh, whoever else, Wallace, I don't know, like whoever else is back there. And he's doing just that, guys. I mean, he's he's racing really well. I know that we keep talking about, like, okay, we could see some winners here late in the season that haven't got wins yet. And Reddick was the biggest question mark on the show about like where he could and couldn't win. Realistically, though, four races left. We feeling optimistic about any track for Reddick, or is he still the odd man out when it comes to the four or the five race trifecta we need to bump out Hamlin? Because <laughs> we got one. Now we just need <laughs> yeah. three, uh, four more. So, <clears throat> we think Chris. Well, looking at looking at upcoming races, I don't see him shining at any of the tracks coming up yeah it's kind of unfortunate and and, you know i would say i think we got michigan coming up am i correct on that michigan 
Second to last race. Yeah, and um, I I don't look for him to do well at New Hampshire. New Hampshire, back-to-back road courses in Watkins Glen and Indianapolis. Yeah. Daytona to finish out yeah, the season. Yeah, I, I think the odds of Reddick pulling one out of those next four, a win out yeah. of those next four, probably pretty slim odds. Do we feel comfortable saying that he is – 16th that he's locked in i mean i know he said last week that we feel like the top 16 are locked into the chase bush got a win it kind of shuffles around the order a little bit not much uh, i mean he just goes up a couple spots and now reddick's the cup man do we still feel pretty confident this is your 16 or is busher or debedetto are they dangerous enough to get in busher is 94 points out of 16th right now it's a lot to make up yeah and you'd have to have some pretty substantial finishes to make up that many many points. Matt DiBenedetto's, you know, he's four and a quarter compared to 563, so I, he's he's toast. I mean, he's not going to make it unless he wins. Well, so then the real question becomes, and Amos, you, you should jump in on this one, if we don't see Reddick win in a race in the next five races, that means that he'll be in danger if someone below him wins. So, what's the possibility that someone below him, Busher, Suarez, Wallace, DiBenedetto, someone like that, Amarola maybe even, gets a win at these next five races and pushes out a guy like Reddick? Uh, like I started out the show with, I'd be very surprised if I'm very confident that our top 16 we have now is what we'll finish the season with. Um, Kurt Busch winning. He moves up a few spots, like you said, but he was in the top 16. So I'm not at all – I just don't – his race win doesn't really affect the points too much. Busher's has was racing well early in the season. He had some good finishes, and I think this goes back to kind of what I was harping on with Roush Fenway is that their mile-and-a-half program was doing well, and, and Chris Busher and – Ryan Newman was having some decent finishes, but we don't have – Atlanta was our last mile and a half for the regular season. So – and he yep. didn't have a top 10 finish. Well, what's, not even, what's Michigan? How big is – Two mile. Two mile, okay. And New Hampshire is a weird format, though. It's, it's a one mile, but it's like an yeah, oval and it's yeah, flat. It's different. So, yeah. I just – I it's it doesn't have a lot of banking. So, I find the next few races going to be hard for Busher. Matty D is – He's maybe one on the dark horse. He could he could sneak a win in and, and maybe drop Tyler Reddick. I mean, you can't count Bubba Wallace out at Daytona, but I just don't – I feel pretty confident. You're looking at our top 16. My opinion, I don't think Reddick should be the one that should be nervous. It should be Austin Dillon. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. because Reddick's well, put Dillon. together more top 10 finishes – over the last ten races, than Dylan has, sure, and Dylan's just outside the top ten. So, and he's what yeah, eight he's points been, behind him. So he's been pretty consistent, yeah. and around the same spot. But it just seems like Reddick's getting a little better performances lately. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. I think the point difference could be made up pretty easily by Reddick, and we could see them flip flop. But at the same time, I don't know how much it's going to matter because if anyone behind them wins, it's. It's, it's not likely, right? Right. So, I mean, I agree with you, though. The biggest threat, I think, to get a win will be to Benedetto. 
maybe at Daytona. Like, honestly, Daytona is the biggest wild card because almost anyone could win that race. Yeah. So, and that's that's what I love about it being the last race of the of the regular season is someone like Wallace or Suarez or Busher could win that race. Stenhouse. Oh man, like Stenhouse is a good racer at uh, at Daytona. Can you imagine like the season he's had? Then to sneak in a win on the last race of the year and get in the chase. I mean, Amarola was racing really good before he got wrecked out in that first time at Daytona this year. So there's still the possibility, but I, I agree with, with what you guys are saying. It's it's fairly likely that we stick with this top 16. Uh, Chase Elliott led 13 laps, finished all right. Uh, didn't have the best day, though. He just quite, he, you know, he wasn't quite up to snuff with the guys up front. Um, but another solid day from him. Now, Chris, we were talking on the show a couple of weeks ago uh, about the Hendrick cars. You said, we, me and Amos were like, okay, it's going to be the Hendrick cars versus Kyle Busch. And you were like, well, I don't think Elliott's in that equation. Uh, you changed your mind with that one at all, or are you still sticking firm that Elliott's the odd man out of the Hendrick group? Yes. Yes what? He's the odd man out okay, of the is. Hendrick group. Okay, so... You would put in Bowman and take out Elliott from Amos's top four, and you'd have Kyle Busch, mm. Bowman, Byron, and Kyle Larson. Let me get back to you on that. Oh, okay. I got got him thinking on this one then. Well, I mean, I'm looking at consistent finishes lately, and I think Elliott is still finishing better than Bowman on a consistent basis. It just the problem with Elliott with me is is when he has a bad race, he has a really bad race. Yeah, and. And Bowman, well, when he has a bad race, he has a really bad race, too. So <laughs> there's no ups or downs, you know. I, I don't know. It's tough to say, you know, right now. I, I just yeah. I don't want to pull I don't want to pull the plug on anybody because a lot can happen in the next 14 races, you know. You only want to pull the, blo- the plug on Amarillo, right? Uh, I am not very optimistic for the Stuart Haas team at all. Yeah, no, that was that was a joke. Anyways, no, I know, I know, but I, seriously, those guys are just—they're stepping on their winkies every damn week for some reason. <laughs> winkies, and now no, I don't and, think we've had that word said on the show that's yet. A, that's and, an old and, guy word there. And now Harvick's starting to do it. Oh yeah, Harvick. Well, you know, I know, eleventh place. That was okay. It was okay. Well, yeah, but going I mean, to his track next week, and they'll be in Michigan. It's not so much his track, but well, okay. could, could be a good. I mean, we've been saying it's Harvick's track for the last four races, and it's, it's he's gonna not win working one. Out. He's got to win one of these things. So uh, Christopher Bell in eighth place. Amos, uh, he's been putting together a good string of results the last couple weeks. You think the the young driver's kind of been into himself here towards the end of the season? No. Okay. I know you're not, not a Chris Bell fan. I, so. I, well, I don't mind Chris Bell. I really got a chuckle out of his uh, post-race interview at uh, Race of America. Uh. He's talking about how clean his car was and the pace he was looking for. I mean, the kid's got – he's a, a good road racer. Um, obviously, he's a win and second-place finish. I'm sure he's happy for Watkins Glen and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. I just feel like he is he is not going to be consistent enough to make a real threat in the chase. He's mm-hmm. he's young. He doesn't have a clue what he's getting himself into when it comes to the chase. That might be a good thing, and, though. Well, it might be, but I think his results from when he won the road course till 20 races later when he's running decent speak for themselves as far as 
the inconsistency and not putting you know he he has got to be putting down top 15 top 10s before we can even start talking top 5s and or other wins so I think and i just is, don't feel like he's right there yet i think this is like his best finish on a not road course track that i can think of honestly i mean i can't remember a ton of races where he placed top 10 that wasn't on a road course so I'd say this is a good result, and the oh, kid's yeah, got to keep building sure. on it. Uh, he's in a good program and everything, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. I mean, he's well, not yeah, quite there. I'm not saying that he's not a good driver. I mean, yeah. the kid's a great driver. Eighth-place finish, second-place finish, but then we go to Pocono, 32, Pocono, 17. Nashville, he done okay, 9, All-Star Race, 11. Sonoma, 24, Charlotte, 24, Circus of America, 38. Yeah. It's good he's running great the last two races, but get back to me at Daytona. Hmm. You have, you finish top five the next five races. Okay, then maybe we'll have a different discussion on, on where he's going. But schedule could work out pretty nicely for him though. Over well, these with last the, five races with the two road courses for yeah. sure, that's going to help. And then I don't know how he'll do at Michigan or Daytona. But like I said, well, let's visit this this driver again at the end of the regular season. Maybe my mm-hmm. tune will change. But as of right now. He's in by virtue of NASCAR handing him a victory at the road course in Daytona, and I'll maintain that forever. And man, so angry about it. He's hitting the microphone. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. And hitting then everything. And he's not. The only reason he's in the top sixteen is by virtue of that win. He's not points wise, not even close to the top sixteen. Well, where would so, he be in the points then? Because uh, I actually don't know this. Well, overall point standings, he's in fifteenth. No, so he'd be, like, if we just went off points, I guess he'd still be in there, yeah? Is he? Yeah. yeah. Overall points, yeah, 15th, and he's a pretty large distance in front of Busher, but he's, he's still behind guys like Kurt Busch, Tyler Reddick, Dylan, Bowman, Kislavski, you know, so. He's kind of, like, in the middle of the pack where he's, like, he's not quite good, like, top-notch, but he's not bad. Like, he's not in the back with guys like Stenhouse, Wallace, Briscoe, guys like that, so... I've kind of wondered, too, if they've had a little set-down chat with Christopher Bell and just basically said, dude, you got to settle down. <laughs> your, your your race finishes have been pretty inconsistent. Yeah. You need to just kind of go within yourself and drive, you know, what you're capable of driving and yeah. not try to get an extra, you know, position out well, of it. Well, young driver, though, I mean, I don't – I don't necessarily know what more he can do in that car because you you look at guys that are similar to him right now, with Cole Custer, with Chase Briscoe, you know, young drivers in good cars, and they're inconsistent too, and they're finishing all over the place. I mean, I'd be super happy if I was the twenty team and we have a win. We know we're going to be in that first round of the chase. You got a probably pretty strong chance, I think, of maybe moving on just based on how some other guys like that are going to come in behind you. Because it's, it's four that you get cut every round, right? Right. I think he's got maybe a good chance to make well, top 12. Every, every three they get cut, so... Well, no, but four guys get cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so he might have a good chance to make the top 12 when it's all said and done. So we'll see, though. Um, Chris, Matt DiBenedetto finishes ninth, one in front of Kislowski. Just further proving your point that Matt DiBenedetto needs to be in the number two car, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we go to Atlanta. He, a he track finished better that, than Kislowski. Well, I mean, Kislowski's. I think he's actually a good racer on this track normally. Yeah. And Debedetto finished in front of him, and you've been saying for a long time here, man, Debedetto's going to be in the number two, guys. Like, don't worry. 
That's going to be his ride next year. I'm going to stick with it right until Penske announces that I'm wrong. Until <laughs> they announce you're wrong. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, here's the deal. De Benedetto finished where he needed to finish in this race, yeah. but he needed to be doing that five races ago. Yeah, he needed this. That, like, he's turned in some really good races these last two, three weeks, whatever. Yeah. Well, actually, kind of since the All-Star race, I feel like he's right. been doing better. Uh, but it was that the races before the All-Star race that, that are got killing him, him now. Yeah, got yeah. him in trouble. And and he's, you know, he's two pe- two places out of being able to be in the chase. And really now his only chance is to literally get a win. Well, I mean, realistically, he's a better driver and he's been racing better than Busher. And even sometimes Dylan. Yeah. But he's still not on their level in the points, which is unfortunate for him. What, what I worry about with Matt De Benedetto right now is, is that he's he's feeling the pressure to yeah. get into the chase, and he might start driving. and And he's a really good driver, so don't get me wrong what I say right now. But he might start driving over his head, trying to make it, you know make up time, make up space, you know that sort of thing. And really, he's got to stay within himself and just focus on okay, guys, we got to win this race. Yeah, and then I'm going to drive the best I can do to get to that point. But and they're going to have to pull some magic out of the hat as far as pit stop strategies and that sort of thing to make yeah, it happen. I agree. He's he's going to have to do something at Watkins Glen and, and Indianapolis Road Course. You know, some kind of strategy, which we we've talked about strategies lately on road courses, and and he's going to ha- they're going to have to pull some magic out of the hat to make that happen. He could. I mean, we saw him be competitive at Road America for a minute. Yeah. The strategy put him up there, and then but, he quite— But the minute's got to be know, the last 10 yeah, laps. he just didn't know? have the car. It's so close. Like, he is so close. The 21 car just can't quite get over the line. So that was your top 10 we talked about. Let's talk about a couple guys outside the top 10. We already talked about Dylan a little bit, uh, so let's talk about Hamlin. Is Hamlin going to win a race in these last five races? Because if you're asking me, I think it's pretty much more than likely no for me. I mean, Daytona's his best chance, but I don't. At the rate it's going, I don't think it happens. I do think we see, like, Dylan win that, honestly. I'm, I'm feeling Dylan to win it. Like, what, <laughs> eight weeks out? But I think he's going to win it. Uh, let's start with you. Chris, what do you think? Hamlin gets a win the next five? Michigan. You think it, that's his my, best chance? Is my best guess, yeah. Even over Daytona? Yeah, because Daytona's too much of a wild card. I mean... Yeah, but he's won so many be, races in You Daytona. can literally be in the lead at Daytona and get taken out by a wreck. Because I've seen it where, you know, I they've had a wreck, yeah. and, and the damn wrecks caught up to the first-place car and took well, them but out. That's well, the first-place cars caused most of the wrecks lately in true. Daytona. Well, that's yes. what happened at the 500 is Logano was out front. Kozlowski made that bonehead move, and then McDowell, by the Went grace the of race. God, won the race. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, everything's crazy in Daytona, that's for sure. Uh, but Michigan, you like maybe Michigan for him, huh? I think I, I don't see it happening on the two road courses. Me neither. He's never raced well, at least in my memory, he's never raced well in New Hampshire, which I find interesting because he came from the short tracks. He came from that type of racing. Yeah. But he's never raced well at New Hampshire in my memory. I don't think it's going to turn around. He's still firmly in the chase unless something crazy happens. Well, though, he's honestly, got so. he's got such a huge point lead. That, yeah, and well, it, was a, it was a great. And, st- and the bottom line is, if we had sixteen winners, yeah, which I don't think is likely, the tiebreaker for that sixteenth position would be overall points, which I don't think he has. 
he oh yeah he he would he would be the tiebreaker. I mean, if he didn't have a win, he'd still be the tiebreaker. Okay, he's ten in front of Larson right now. Yeah, that's not very comfortable though. No, but Larson's got what five wins? Yeah, well six. So Larson's like Larson's going to get seated above him in the in the yeah. chase no matter what. Right. Well, it's just uh, I I don't know if he'll hold on to that lead or not. Uh, same question for you, Amos. Pretty quick answer from you. Probably no. <laughs> quick answer. A uh, quick answer is no, he doesn't win the race. Yeah. My reasoning is I feel like he's looking like he's looking at this saying, Okay, we've run like shit the last ten races. <laughs> yeah. We're we're maintaining a points lead, but I think him and his team are veteran enough to know that okay, we we top ten, top fifteen the next five races. We go to work in the two weeks that we have off. We either get rest or we work. You know what I mean? Like, they got to figure out what they got to do there. But I feel like they're veteran enough that they know top 15 finishes, gets us in the chase, and then it's resets. It's a whole new ball wax. They have some good races coming up in the chase. I don't think – I think you you asked me this question 10 races ago. He's panicking. He's freaking out because he's like, oh, my God, look at all these guys winning races. We're done. We're screwed. Now that – it's kind of separated. Top 16's here. Kyle Larson's cooled down. Some of these other guys have not really been a threat that are outside the top 16 to win races. Yeah. So I think he's like, okay, we dodged the bullet. I still got the points lead. I've got a few playoff points. We got good races in the chase. Let's just focus top 15's and then race by race through the chase. Yeah. So, no, I don't think he wins, but I don't think he – if it's given to him, like if he's in position and he has a great car, sure. But I don't think he's going to force the issue. I think he knows finishing races, top 15s, gets him in, and then he just goes from there. All right, cool. Uh, so just a couple more here. You want to talk about consistency. Bubba Wallace is the definition of consistency. You find him around 15th <laughs> place like every single race. I mean, I know we kind of make fun of him for it, but at the same time, it is kind of funny that he does consistently finish like right around that spot. So he's moved up 10 places from where he was consistently yeah, yeah. finishing last year. Yeah, which the car's getting better, and I think he's been doing better. Real quickly from both of you, Larson, 18, Logano, 19th, Byron, 20th. Is, is, do these three finishers uh, concern anyone at all that they didn't do well at this race? Because I thought that all three of these guys would do better than this in Atlanta. Anyone concerned with this or just kind of off week for all three of these guys? Well, Larson beat himself because he got a speeding penalty coming out of the pits. Mm -hmm. Well, but Logano was like in 12th with like 10 laps to go, yeah. and then he finished in 19th. Like, and, and I didn't pay that much attention to what happened to Logano or Byron, either one of them. But but I, the way I look at it, Larson beat himself because he was running in fifth when that happened. So yeah. he would have been, been a top 10 finisher if he – had beat himself on the I see. on pit road. All right, uh, you shook your head, Amos. Nothing really concerning here. Just I don't one of those think weeks. so. I mean, like Chris said, pit road penalties or slow pit stops—they're going to kill anybody. Doesn't matter who you are. Um, Byron, he just puts together such a great streak of top tens. Yeah, it's just not. I don't think it's physically possible to top 10 finish every race well we saw the same thing you with know. hamlin right yeah like hamlin went on this crazy run for 10 races then he fell off pretty hard right now he's kind of coming back and doing a little better same might happen to like maybe byron he kind of peaked in the heart of the season yeah. with all these good races 
he might have went too soon. So maybe I, I still think he's you know I still see him in the top four. I'm not overly concerned about Joey. Just mostly, he's the past Cup champion. He has experience. He is the flagship, in my opinion, still Penske Enterprise or yeah. Penske Racing. Comes out of nowhere more yeah. times than not. So I'm not too concerned. I would have liked to have seen him finish better, and I'm sure he would have liked to. He's got to he's got to take the next five races and this two race break and figure out how to get a stronger car at the end of the race and yeah. f- have. If you're running fifteenth and that's your car. You got to finish fifteenth. You can't lose spots. You've got to. He's. They've got to work on keep it because I. He can run top ten at any racetrack, in oh, my yeah. opinion. Well, he's just got to finish that race. Larson and Logano were definitely better cars all day. From the little bit of the race I watched and the intermittent parts of the race that I caught uh, while I was watching a soccer game in Vegas, Larson and Logano had better cars than this place. These places would indicate because I saw Larson in the top ten a lot when I was. Kind of watching out of the corner of my eye, I saw Logano hovering around the top ten as well. So it just seems like they didn't quite finish as well as they were in the race. Uh, other two quick other notes here: Amarillo finishes twenty third, and Suarez finishes thirty sixth. Another bad week for Suarez. I think this is the third week in a row that he's finished in the back because of mechanical problems. He got wrecked. Well, okay. Kind of mechanical problems then, but still, this he is... He got wrecked by Cody Ware. This is the third race in a row that he's he been did. in the back. And yeah, it and sucks was for it, him because he was he was having a good run of races there, and he was, like, I think he was performing at a higher level than Wallace for a while there, and I was very impressed with him. And now it seems like things are just flipping upside down for him, and it, it kind of sucks because he was having a pretty decent season, all things considered. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Well, you can't... you. Eric Amarola's been in the same boat. You can't have crappy finishes week in, week out with the way the qualifying system is because that puts you in the back. Yeah. Like, Chase, I like Chase Elliott, he was he finished 39th at Nashville, right, because he was DQ'd. But he had good enough yeah. finishes leading to that point that he still had a pretty decent starting spot when they went to Pocono. Suarez does not have that luxury so it's just like if you're running in the back <laughs> you're just taking your car's life into your hands and yep so it, it does suck and sounds like it wasn't necessarily this finish wasn't a direct result of him but you know they've got a they need to have better finishes and dig themselves out of starting in the back at these races yeah well well just kind of seems like the path Amarillo has been on for this whole <laughs> entire season, right? So <laughs> he has not got yeah. out of that. I think what he he did okay at the All Star race, and then we were like, oh, he might do okay. And then like the next couple of weeks, he was well, he, okay, and now he's just he back was to the same even thing. racing well in in this Atlanta race, and then he just fell off the face of the earth for. And I he might have been involved in that same accident that took out Suarez. Yeah. So, but. He was racing well, you know, until just, that. Happened. Well, he led eight laps. I mean, yeah. I saw him leading laps, and I was like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? But then they were pitting, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay, well, they're cycling sense. through pits. Uh, no, all right, so we're going to take a break. We'll come back, and we'll uh, do our winners and, losers for, winners and losers from this race. 
we talked about a lot of guys, so I, you know, I don't think we'll spend a ton of time on that. I think you guys got a good idea of what we'll think there. Uh, projected playoff standings after this race. We'll preview New Hampshire real quickly because, what, this is Hampshire number two, round two. Just, Have we been there already? No, oh, no, I thought one. we did. Oh, I, didn't, okay. I don't no, think we, no, we're only going there one time this year. Great. New Hampshire number one. I'll correct myself there. Uh, and then Chris has, like, dark history, I guess, for New Hampshire again, so well, hope you guys will love it. <laughs> um, we'll make our picks, and then we'll play the game, and, uh, yeah, that'll be the show. Whatever else we can find to talk on the back end. So we'll take a break, and we'll come back. More to come. Break. Welcome back, everybody. Back on the show talking about New Hampshire here. We're going to wrap up this uh, Atlanta race first, though, and uh, then we're going to get on to our predictions for New Hampshire, of course. Uh, then we got a two-week break, right, guys? So yes, big break, and uh, we'll we'll have some shows. We'll do some uh, – we'll probably do some – I don't know. I'll figure something out. But we'll be having shows during the break. This week in history type things or something like yeah. that. Yeah, Chris yeah. wants to – no, I really don't, because I don't mean I got to do something. So. Chris wants to pour out his history to all you guys and <laughs> take you back to 1970 with him and everything. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> if you guys want to leave us a five star review, go back to 1955. 1955. Right. What when you were like two? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you guys want to leave us a five star review on whatever platform you listen to, we'd appreciate it. Chris, you finally got to figure out how to do it right. You left yes. a five star this time. Yes, I did. <laughs> I had to have you teach me yeah, how to do yeah. it, but I did it. Yeah, no four stars from Chris anymore, so nope. this is fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, we, we would appreciate it, guys. helps uh, other people find the show. If you'd write a review as well, that, that'd be even cooler, but you don't have to, just the star rating, and that's uh, pretty easy. So, uh, who's the winners and losers from Atlanta, guys? Let's start with, with uh, Amos on this one. We always go to you last, so let's go to you first, Amos. Winners in Atlanta. So, obviously, winner, Kurt Busch. Way to go. Good job. Well, do I have another winner? I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> well, I didn't really watch the race, so it's hard to kind of dissect how things go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm just going to go with Kurt Busch. Great Kurt win. Bush. Good job for him. Solidifies his spot in the in the chase. Um, not Has not always been my favorite driver <laughs> through his career, but it seems like the more mature he gets and maybe the more mature I get, the more I like the guy, so that's pretty cool to see him win. You're relating to him on an old I, man yeah, level, I guess. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. You're yeah, about the same see. age. So. Pretty dang close, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. you know what, you're like two years older than him? Probably. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of funny. So my winner, obviously, I got to go with uh, Amos on this one, Kurt Busch. Fantastic race for him. Glad he's in the chase. Uh, he has, like, I, I haven't been around the sport or at least been paying attention to the sport as long as you guys have. But since I've been paying attention, he's kind of been one of my more favorite drivers, mainly based on his paint scheme, I'd probably say. But still, I mean, uh, I cheer for him every every race. So I also have to say that uh, winner in this one probably got to be Redick, just because he keeps consistently performing well. And he's probably going to lock up that 16, maybe even get 15th, switch places with his teammate. Uh, but yeah, I think they had strong performances. Um, and I also say Briscoe. We didn't talk about him in the standings at all, but he had a really good finish last week. Then he turned in another good one, top 15, uh, probably his most two consistent back-to-back weeks of the season. So pretty glad to see him uh, have decent finishes in in, a a decent finish at Atlanta. So, all right, what do you got, uh, Chris? Winners or winner? 
Wiener. The Wiener is. Uh, so Kurt Bush, I I have to echo what you said about yeah. Kurt Bush. I have to echo what you said about Tyler Reddick. I have to echo what you said about Chris Busher. I I didn't, I didn't talk about Chris Busher, but not Chris but Busher. I mean, yeah. <laughs> You know who I meant. Chase Briscoe? Yes, Chase Briscoe. Sure. It was the Busher Briscoe thing that got me. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I would agree with all that. You know, uh, Kevin Harvick managed to eke out in a, you know, an 11th place finish, and he really had an, a dismal race going up to that point. <laughs> Chris, dismal performance by Harvick. Oh, what did he do? Well, like finish 38th? No, man, he finished 11th. Well, no, but I mean, he had the potential of having a really disastrous race the way yeah. it was going. Well, so, this is where experience comes into play, man. Yeah, exactly. All right. So so that's my gamut right there. All right, so pretty much what I said, yeah. <laughs> pretty much what you said. <laughs> All right, uh, what do you got for losers, Amos? I know you, you were eager for it. Let's hear it. Well, I wasn't eager because oh, okay. um, I was like, oh, crap, I don't have a loser. But I do. And I'm not saying that it's a loser based on the ninth place finish that Matty D had at this race. But he's my loser just because, as Chris has said before in the show, he needed these top ten finishes about five, seven, eight, ten. five, you know, ten Low races ten. ago. So <laughs> Start of the season. Could, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give himself a better shot at getting into the chase. So he still has a very slim chance. My dark horse pick for a win outside the top 16. But still, yeah, he's just my loser going into this. He's just so close yet so far away. All right, my loser, a guy that we've hardly talked about on the show's for, I mean, we haven't really talked about him since like probably the first show when we were doing the previews and stuff, but Eric Jones, for whatever reason, I thought he'd do better at a place like Atlanta. He's been struggling most of the year. Like Every once in a while, he'll pop up with a decent performance and look okay. Uh, lots was made about him pretty much being kicked out of the 20 for Christopher Bell. I think all of us, except for Chris, if I remember correctly, uh, so me and Amos, we were pretty you know in the Jones camp, but I don't think he's really... Like, yeah, he's downgraded in equipment, but I don't think he's really justified anything by jumping in this 43 and being like, hey, like, I still should have been in that 20 because he's putting in similar performances to what Wallace was doing last year. And while it is lesser equipment, he's not really shown like he's that much better of a driver. And it just kind of stuck out to me this this week for whatever reason, just looking at his finishing spot. It's just a little disappointing, kind of a disappointing season. I think, personally, there's question marks around Petty moving forward. And that means there's probably question marks about his future moving forward. So we'll see. I think Eric Jones's career might be uh, – I mean, it's, he's still young. It's still really early. But it might be nosediving pretty drastically yeah. if we continue on this path with him, um, which is harsh for me to say all those things. But it's kind of been a year-long thing. It's not necessarily just this guy. week. Yeah, well, you know, I say it how it is, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you got for losers, Chris? Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain, Wow. But he, I, he made the winning move to get his teammate the win. Yes, and I think that that's going to come back to haunt him big time going forward. Ah, so, why good Because Kyle Busch. Because his no, guy no, has no, a memory no, like no. an elephant and never forgets well, anybody that screws him over on the track. There is that. That's true. <laughs> there is oh, so that. what you're saying is expect Ch- 18, the 18 to get into Chastain this week and spin him out, huh? I don't know. I don't know that Kyle Busch has got enough left in the season to get into the chase, to worry about what Chastain does. You know what I mean? I mean, I think if they're by each other in New Hampshire, I can about guarantee that Chastain will kiss the wall. 
But I don't think Kyle's going to go looking for him. Yeah. All right. Uh, but no, I, I, the reason I say he's a big loser is because I don't think the flack has finished falling out on this thing. Really? I think there were enough people in NASCAR that don't dig that kind of a move that, you know. Too traditionalist, man. Well, it is. I, what it I, is. It's racist, I'm man. I'm not it's necessarily teammates. traditionalist, but. Well, but this is what Chris said to me because I was texting him a little bit. And after I saw Kyle Bush's interview, and I was like, what's he talking about? And and Chris said in the text messages, he's like, oh, well, if you're, if you're in the back, you just don't mess with the leaders. You let them race. And that's a very, I think, traditionalist view of NASCAR in, in some ways. But in, like, F1, for example, uh, if someone but we is... we ain't racing F1. If your teammate needs to stay in front or get in front and you can hold up the guy that's trying to get to him, you do it. And I don't see why it should be any different in any other racing sport. So that's just my opinion, though. Anything that keeps Kyle Busch out of the winner's circle, <laughs> I'm okay with. Because well, but okay. Do we remember when Logano Ganassi or uh, but JGR's done the same thing, time in and time out, all through well, the season. Well, there was an example of this earlier in the year. What and uh, it's when Kislowski won his race, right? Logano threw a block on Larson, and you were super pissed off about it. And a lot of people were mad about it. But I didn't see anyone really mad about this one. Well, there's been some flack come down. But here's the point I'm going to well, make. Well, I mean from, like, fans. But here's on the point me, I'm going to make. Media. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Logano was contending yeah. for the lead, and Matt Kenseth went – I mean, he was running way back. Yeah. And he went hunting for him and wrecked him. And Kenseth was out as that ride the next year. Well, yeah, but that's also because Kenseth was old and well, but, well, but that was because them guys had had plus they didn't like each other. There was so much the entire yeah. season. It wasn't yeah, like, Kenseth wasn't looking yeah, for him for one movie look, made on. I'm the a Logano fan, but I'm not going to say that Kenseth just went out there like no prior history or no reason <laughs> and just wrecked Logano. Why are you guys arguing with me about this? You know I'm right. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I don't think. See, this is the thing. I don't think you are. I think that Chastain th- made the teammate move and he did the teammate thing. I think I do it. <laughs> I think that NASCAR has, with the aero package and how hard it is to pass and odds and ends like that, I think NASCAR dictates team orders or... Well, hold on. We don't have you team know, orders well, sure, in sure, but sport. you know what I mean. Uh. If you're like, okay, well, if we're going to cry and whine about that, then let's look back at a few examples of with Hendrick, like yeah. Chase Elliott's leading at Race of America, and Bowman's got a tire going down, and everybody's squawking oh, yeah. in the Hender camp. Get him off the track. You know, we got a teammate in the lead. Or there's been several times where Kyle Larson's about ready to lap, like Kyle Larson was lapping the field, caught up to Chase Elliott, and then just kind of stayed behind him. Stayed behind him. So whether yeah. you're blocking for a teammate to win or helping keep him on the lead lap or whatever, it's going to happen. So whatever. Yeah, don't piss off Kyle Busch. He don't need an excuse to wreck you. But whatever keeps him out of victory circle, I'm okay with. All right, so this is this is literally an article that Chris sent me as we're talking about this. <laughs> uh, NASCAR says no, nothing wrong with Ross Chastain track position to help teammate Kurt Busch. Well, if NASCAR is good with it, <laughs> hell yeah, baby, we're good with it. Like usually, I'm like screw NASCAR, There's, uh, this dictatorship they got yeah, thrown see? around there. Yeah, but I'm with the dictatorship this time, boys. <laughs> yep, heavy handed yeah. NASCAR said Kyle Busch, shut up. <laughs> You do this shit all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, you don't do it all the time because he don't uh, give a damn if his teammates funny. win. Well, this is true. He actually tries to wreck Truex when they're up in the front. Yeah. So. 
All right. It's um, just like if it had been yeah. any other driver, they just said something, but it's just Kyle Busch. Well, Kyle Busch is a, a powder. Kyle Busch is getting back to the reason why 75% of NASCAR fans don't like him is because if it didn't yeah, go that, Kyle Busch's way, then he... And that's okay. And that's that okay. 25%, man. That 25% really loves him. <laughs> and that's fine. But see, this is... How Kyle Busch is now is how Kyle Busch was when he was reeling off wins, championships, odds, no, and ends. I just, so yeah, that's why you is, need to be yeah. nervous of him. But that's, I mean, that's just Kyle Busch. Well, but I didn't let's, win. Nobody <laughs> rolled over and let me have it. And they don't know who I am. Let's also keep in mind as well, if this was any other driver, Chris would be applauding the move. But it's just because it was his guy <laughs> exactly. that he's mad about it. Exactly. If, if it was like Logano that got screwed over, if it was my guy, if it was your guy, he would be like, oh, my gosh, Chastain with an amazing move right there. Did you see that? He just let Kurt Busch go right into the lead. Oh, it's so amazing. Obviously, Chase Elliott doesn't know how to drive. He needs to. <laughs> he doesn't need to let this guy running in the middle of the pack dictate how the yeah, race yeah, goes. Yeah, see, there you go. See, kind of sounds see like I you. knew that when I picked Ross Chastain uh-huh. as a loser from this race, yeah. this was going to turn into a 15-minute conversation <laughs> in this program. No, only about five, and the levels got pretty high there for a minute, so hope you turn down your volume a little bit uh, there, listeners. <laughs> No, I th- I think that what you're saying, like I think a lot of our listeners or people out there, NASCAR fans, would also agree with you. And I respect your opinion and everything, but I I think you're wrong. So, <laughs> well, but I'm, I'm glad that you wrong. brought it up because I wasn't going to talk about it very much. I don't think Chris is wrong. I don't think you're wrong. That's a gray area in the rules. And if yeah. NASCAR come out and said, "Hey, what he did, we have no problem with," let it be. Because yeah. you know dang good and well when Kyle Busch puts well, Ross Chastain into the wall, <laughs> NASCAR's not going to say anything about that either. See, so. here's the problem and, uh, I got, and, and Chris will be like, damn right, damn <laughs> right, boy. <laughs> here's the problem I got, though. Do you remember when you and I and you talked about what happened at Sonoma and how he cut across the track and basically uh, yeah. passed four guys on the infield? Yeah, that was funny, though. Uh, it was like on the ninth turn, and, the, and he got away with it. It was on that 90-degree turn. Yeah. yeah, it was on the, the last turn going to the start-finish, and everybody was wrecking. And, in fact, I think he caused the wreck and still ended no, up No, that was LaJoy. That was LaJoy. Well, whatever. He was, he was in that wreck. The yeah. point is, yeah. this is the second time he's got away with something from NASCAR's point of view, and I'm like, there's oh, a trick. Oh, and, and Kyle Busch has never got away with anything? Dude, everyone gets no, away with no, everything. Ever. And like, they always get away with stuff. No. So it's not just Chastain. We wow. could probably like it's I bet if we re- deep in here. We need I to bet move if on. we rewatched this race, we could pick out like thirty rule infractions that weren't even picked up. I mean, for hell's sakes, Kurt Busch probably like altered his engine illegally somehow and NASCAR didn't catch it. So there's all this gray it's like Amos is always saying. There's a big rule book. About five percent is white, five percent is black, and that's what you don't go into. The rest of that ninety percent is gray and you exploit the gray as much as possible. So Okay. Yeah, we're with it. Uh, no, but I'm glad you brought it up because I wasn't going to talk about it. So uh, it makes for good conversation, though. So uh, we'll recap our picks before we move on to New Hampshire. Uh, we'll just keep it simple here. Amos sweeping all the points. Yeah, yeah. He picked Kurt Busch as the winner. Uh, me and Chris had Larson and Logano finish near each poorly. other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poorly and near each other. Uh, stage two winner ended up being Kurt Busch, but Amos picked Kyle Busch, who finished second. Uh, which was funny because I remember saying on the show, oh, I like your strategy here. You're going with the Bush brothers, and they both dominated this race. Um, and then closest finisher for Ryan Blaney was Amos as well, who picked seventh. He finished in fifth. Uh, Chris, you messed this one up because you said fifth or better, I think, and then you're like, nah, I'm going to go with 15th. 
I did. You should have stayed on five, man. I blew it. What can I say? Trust your gut, man. That's yep. that's my advice. That's so. right. All right. Uh, that leaves me and Amos tied at 22 points. The race is on here. Five races left. Uh, I had a huge lead, and well, it's the race all is gone. Over. So you just oh, had me the whoa. trophy. Chris, you got it. You're still in this, like mathematically, but you got to start winning, like <laughs> I sweeping don't think the I'm points. I'm in it mathematically. No, you're in it mathematically. You're nine points behind. Oh. It only th- three races. You sweep all three. So, you're in it. Okay, so I got to pick winner, highest finish, whatever we do. Yeah. I got to pick it all right. Yeah, okay. Yep, it yep. ain't going to happen. <laughs> Defeat. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this New Hampshire track, guys. I incorrectly said before the break that this is our New Hampshire round two, but it's New Hampshire round one. So fill us in on your grim history over there, Chris. What do you got well, for New Hampshire? The Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper. So New Hampshire does, I mean, it's only been in NASCAR racing since 1993, but there's been some substantial things that have happened that have affected rules going forward, and dare I say, racing teams' histories. One of those being that uh, Adam Petty was killed at New Hampshire in a practice crash. Uh, Very similar injuries to what took Dale Earnhardt. And and this was, uh, I can get you the exact year, but I think it was the year before, uh, yep, 2000. It was the year before Dale Earnhardt lost his life at Daytona. And there was also another driver that lost his life the same year, which was Kenny Irwin. So two drivers, you know, basically perished at that track with almost similar uh, crashes and, you know, basal skull injuries that took both their lives. As a result of those two deaths in 2001, or no, in September of 2000, so the fall race, of that year, they decided to run restrictor plates on the cars. And I don't understand what the point of putting restrictor plates on the cars were in, in light of the fact that that didn't have any, the speed didn't have anything to do with how those guys crashed and died. Other than the sense that in both cases, their throttles stuck open and they, you know, crashed head on into the wall. Well, it's inconvenient then. <laughs> yeah. It, very inconvenient. But anyway, as a result of putting the restrictor plates on it, it was an uneventful Duraloop 300, won by Jeff Burton, and I remember this race, and I think Amos probably might too, but he led from the front, from start to finish. He, every lap. Every lap. 300 laps. Won the whole thing. And that didn't go down well with the you know, fans too well. I mean, Jeff Burton was a popular win, but the way he won was kind of unpopular. Um, in 2001... The New Hampshire race was scheduled uh, for September 16th, and if anybody wants to think back into 2001, what happened on September 11th? So that race was postponed, and they ended up racing it on Thanksgiving weekend, which is was just unheard of. And it was kind of iffy whether that race was going to come off or not because of the weather. And it, the weather was fine, but it was one cold race. And I remember people walking around in that race with heavy parkas on. And anyway, and Robbie Gordon won that race. They had the safer barriers in 2002, which pretty much all of the tracks did. Oh, and one other thing. I mean, there's a lot of history on this track. Yeah. But it was the last race that Davey Allison participated in before he lost his life at Talladega in a helicopter crash. 
Man, Talladega, New Hampshire, like not Boy, fun history, but yeah, kind of interesting. If you're planning on leading a long life, you probably don't want to go there. Mm, I see. You know, Loudon, I mean. a very dangerous place yes, in New Hampshire. Exactly, huh? Yeah. Who would have guessed? All right. Well, uh, good history though. Oh, I and mean, I got one other point. Oh Sorry. man, this is classic Chris right here. Amos. <laughs> I tell you what. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear. It. So, uh, in up until this point in in racing. Uh, and I'm trying to get the year. Da, 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 da. Don't have the year. Anyway, oh, 2003. Dale Jarrett had a wreck on the backstretch of that track. And up until that point, we raced to the uh, yellow flag. So everybody was in, you know, full-on speed race. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, when there, when there was a wreck. Well, Dale, Jarrett, Dale Jarrett's car crashed, and it literally took the front end off of that car. And he was sitting, facing the traffic on the backstretch, and everybody was racing to the yellow flag. And so as a result of Dale Jarrett's wreck, that's when NASCAR said, if there's a wreck, there's a full course yellow, everybody maintains position, slows down, the whole bit. Because that could have been a big, that could have yeah. been a big deal. Yeah. A really big deal. Wow. So that's... My other point, I am finished now. But you weren't kidding when you said there was actually like some major things that changed rules. And oh stuff, yeah, so yeah, major things changed rules at that at that track. You know, major things that happened at that track changed rules in NASCAR forever, forever. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Amos, give us a rundown of the track layout, uh, and maybe give us a track that we've been to this year that is similar to this one. So what what we can expect, you know? Okay, so it's um. A one mile. Hold on, sorry, I uh, your mic was off. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go again. All right. So it's a one mile super speedway. Has twelve degrees banking in all four corners. It's uh, two degrees banking in the front stretch, back stretch. It's basically an oval, so it's excuse me, a very symmetrical track, and uh, with front stretch, back stretch, fifteen hundred feet each. Grandstand seating is 77,000. I believe there are a few fans. 77,000? Yeah, wow. kind of crazy. You, you wouldn't think that a track that size would have that many seats. And I'm not sure. I know there's no practice, no qualifying. I'm not sure about the what's going on with fans, if there are any in the stadium or the racetrack. Should oh, be. Nope, yeah. right here, New Hampshire Motor Speedway returns to full capacity. Yeah. Okay, so as far as tracks that are similar, um, there's not really too many mile tracks on the circuit. It's hard to pinpoint one that it's very similar to. I would have to say as far as the configuration of it being an oval, it's similar to uh, Homestead. And then as far as the banking in the corners and how flat it is, I would say it's pretty similar to uh, New Han- or, uh, Nashville and or maybe Richmond. So kind of a combination on the two, them, several tracks. All right. So what kind of racing can we expect on New Hampshire then? We'll start with Amos and then uh, Chris. If there's anything he misses, we'll go to you. So New Hampshire is, uh, like most tracks these days, it's going to be very uh, – track position is going to be key. I think you need to be up front. It's – Somewhat difficult to pass. Uh, lots of, I mean, there'll be some side-by-side racing. Uh, they do get stretched out. If a car catches, is running real well, it's going to put multiple cars down laps. Uh, seems like to me this track ends up being a like a, a fuel stop, a fuel mileage race, 
and or like a strategy race based on uh, track position, getting off pit, off sequence in your pits. But track position is going to be key in a race like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything he left out there, Chris, that you'd like to add to that? I think he pretty well hit on it. The the thing about uh, this track is very much like a road course in the sense that you got to have a handling car. Oh, okay. Because the turns are pretty flat. And, and yeah, you're not turning right unless you do it because you're crashing somebody. In the, anyway, <laughs> as a general rule, you, you got to have, yeah, you got to have, uh, <laughs> you got to have, you got to have your car spot on on handling. And there's been races in the past where literally the leader has lapped pretty much the entire field. So, all right. I think, uh, I think Amos got it, though. So we won't see super high speeds on this track necessarily? No. Because of how flat it is? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I mean, they're going to be average speed, like maybe 120, 130. I mean, but, it was still I mean, faster it's gonna, than I sure, drive. It's, <laughs> sure, it's going to be fast, but yeah, it's not going to be a super speedway type speeds. All right. Uh, anything else? No, I think For New Hampshire, no. Where is... I promise I won't bring something up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not holding my breath. Uh, what is this an entertaining track for viewers to watch, or what should we, the, the viewers expect when watching a race like this one? Gonna be dominated maybe by one driver, or could be competitive. Like I know Amos, you brought up being out in front and pit strategy at the end, uh, preferably being out in front towards the end of this race. Uh, is is it an entertaining race? It's a long 300 mile race. Let me put it that way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's not. It's. It's not one that a first-time viewer is going to enjoy. No? I don't think so. Okay. No. So, uh, what's track the for the more seasoned veterans? Uh, I can look right now. I know that... The reason I ask that is that hurricane's still messing around out there, becoming a tropical storm or some silly thing. Oh, yeah, but up in... Oh. Ooh. So... The weekend does not look good in Loudoun, New Hampshire. Uh, 50% chance of rain on Saturday, 40 on Sunday, and Monday is 30%. So maybe you could see something similar to what we saw this week in Atlanta where there were rain showers in the area, but it might not affect the race very much. Yeah, they're so. racing the rain. They could. I mean, yeah. never know. So we'll see. Uh, all right, so this is going to be our picks for this week, guys. Uh, obviously, winner and Chris will lead us off, so keep this in mind. <laughs> Uh, we're going to have winner. We're going to have the number of laps led by the winner. So closest to. So it's a, it's a 300-mile race. 301, isn't it? Correct. Right, because it's got that weird. It's like what Well, it's the 301 casino? laps, and it's 318 miles. 318 miles. All right. Yeah, and it's got the weird name, like the 301 Foxwoods Casino or whatever race, right? Yeah. All right, so 301 laps. Who leads the most, uh, closest to a win? And then we'll predict where our winner from last week finishes this week, Kurt Busch. No, wait a minute. So we're predicting who will lead the most laps or how many laps the leader, the winner leads? Yeah, how many laps the overall leader of laps leads? Oh, yeah. So I, I, don't, I guess I didn't phrase that very well. Not the winner themselves, but who leads the most laps and how many is it? Uh, not, not who, but how many, whatever. You guys get what I'm at. So uh, we're going to flip a coin for me and Amos since we're tied on points. Ooh, there's a coin. <laughs> yeah, there was your coin Chris. toss. There was your coin toss. <laughs> Chris, who's heads, who's tails? Amos's heads. All right, I'm tails. Heads, you go first. Tails, I go first. 
hits. Amos is up second, I'll and call, I'll pick last. I'll call last it for again. you every time if you'd like me to. <laughs> 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 all right. Oh, I'm writing Chris's name again. Chris mm. doesn't go last. He hasn't went last all year. Uh, all right. <laughs> Winner for New Hampshire, Chris. I haven't picked him all year because I've stayed away from it because I don't want to go through the ridicule that you guys gave me for what I said earlier in this program. But I'm going to pick Kyle Bush to win. Oh, I'm sure you've picked him at some point this year. No, I haven't. Has he not? I think he has, but that's all. I'm sure he has. Anyways, Kyle Bush. Okay. Kyle Bush to win. Martin Truex to lead. No, oh, no, no. Oh. I yeah, thought we were doing all our picks at once. No, what is this? We never do that. Okay. Um, any reason on Kyle Bush, or you just feel it? I'm just feeling it. All right, so he'll finish like twelfth. Uh, Amos, what do you, <laughs> what do you got for winner? Winner of the race. You've been on a hot streak, uh, so I feel like maybe who you pick might actually have a great chance. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I don't have like the spidey senses tingling on this race, so. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, statistics tell you that Kevin Harvick should win this race. He's won three of the last five, but he is just not racing very. I mean, he is racing okay, but he is not having race-winning cars. So that kind of throws that out the window. (laughs) Um, I am going to go with Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. Okay. Wow. I mean, someone's probably going to keep picking him. Well, why not? Yeah. He's doing good lately. So, All right. Defending champion is Kislowski on this track. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe in 2020, yeah. Right. Um, well, that's what oh, ESPN crap. tells me. Defending champion Brad Kislowski, he normally does decent on these flatter type of tracks uh, as far as, like, the corners go and everything. So not just because he's defending champion at this track, but because he – does typically well at tracks of this style. I think I'll go with him. Uh, once again, I don't feel super confident in this pick because Kozlowski hasn't been, he hasn't really been racing that well lately. Pensy cars have kind of been struggling for, they need this break, man. They need this break <laughs> for sure. Well, Amos didn't go with the kind of the stats. I'll take the stats. Why not? Okay. I mean, it was either him or Kevin Harvick for me and, I'll take the guy that's got a win on the season. Yeah, <laughs> at this who's point, been, who's had yeah. race winning cars this so far. All right, how many laps does the lap leader lead, Chris? Martin Truex, and he leads 160 laps. 160. Are we? No, you, you don't have to give me a person. Okay, so. just how many? Just how many? 301 available laps. How many does our lead? Oh, wait a minute. So now am I locked into Martin Truex leading 160 laps? No. We're, we never needed a guy. We just need the number of oh, laps. Oh, well, I misunderstood you. 160. Oh, yeah, no. That's what I wrote down. Okay. So closest to? Closest to. 100. 100. All right. So I feel like we do usually have guys dominate races when in large pots. So I'll go with 210. Ooh. I'll give myself a 50 between Chris and me, and hopefully that I land around that. So. And, uh, 110 yeah. above Amos, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. I, I don't know why. I just think that it's just been kind of a consistent theme that we see someone dominate races. So, All right, uh, where does Kurt Busch finish? Our winner from last week. How's he do this week? Chris, you're up first. Fifth. Fifth. Okay, so you're going to go with the five this week, huh? I'm going to go with the five this week. Okay. What do you got, Amos? Where do you think Kurt finishes here? I Closest s- to again. 
say yeah. that he finishes 12th. 12th. Okay, well, I guess I'll take behind you. I'll go... Uh, I did this last weekend. It kind of screwed me. Um, just go 13. What's it matter? Or go 6. Well, I don't know if they'll finish worse than 12th. <laughs> Fine. I'll go 13th. Was yeah, I mean, I don't want to say any place after worse, that. He, we'll you're see. the winner. You'll be yeah. the closest too. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, anything else for New Hampshire, guys? Any more that you want to say about your picks or anything? I'm not overly confident about my pick, but <laughs> but you're going with a high well, hand. I don't know this race. I just mystery. Well, I don't think there's somebody that's running well enough to just come out and lay the smackdown on everybody in this track. So. Just kind of got to go with the guy that's got the most race wins on the year, period. I see. Okay. Well, let's get to the game then. Everything away. Chris, you're down 11. Uh, another Are we game. we not going to do the standings? Oh, we didn't do the standings. Uh, well, we didn't do the standings. We'll do them next week. Okay. I keep forgetting them for some reason. <laughs> we went over. Yeah, we talked a lot fun. about the top 16. Okay. So That's fine. I guess if you guys didn't get a good idea of that top 16 discussion, we were talking about the, a little earlier than, you know, you look at the standings and kind of reference what we were talking about there. Okay, so let's play our game. Chris, you're down by 11 in this game. If you guys haven't heard the game before, it's pretty simple, pretty easy to understand once we get going here. Uh, we're in New Hampshire, so I'll give these guys a year. They got to tell me the winner from New Hampshire in the year I give them. They get a couple clues along the way. Amos has been kicking some major butt in this game the last couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, it seems like in the predictions and in this game, he's just he's caught fire. Chris, you were doing like really good to start this game, and then now the way I got it's it, like you stopped trying. <laughs> the way I got it figured, Amos gets here about an hour before the program, and he sits out there in his truck and he studies it all. Oh, you think so? Memorizes it, you know. <laughs> well, what you got all day to do that? He's only got an hour. <laughs> no, I ain't got that kind of time. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get to it. Our first one. Uh, so, like Chris said earlier in the history. 1993, right, was the first race. So this one hasn't been around super long. So nothing further back than 96. And that's where we're going to start. 1996. Chris, you're up. Okay, go. Clue. Clue. He wants a clue first. All right. In 1996, I recorded two wins. Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace. No. All right. In my career, I had a modest 15 wins, this being one of them. 1996 winner, Amos. 15 career wins. So, you know, like a decent driver. Well, I feel like he had more than this in wins, but Bobby Labonte? Bobby Labonte, no, no. He probably had more than I would more think than so. that, yeah, more than 15. All right, one of my teammates this year was Dale Jarrett. Dale Jarrett was one of my teammates in 1996. Chris. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. I, I, don't, I don't have it. You're passing, okay. Yeah. Uh, the team we drove for? Robert Yates Racing. Ricky Rudd? Ricky Rudd, no. A, a good guess, though. Good guess. So, uh, Ricky Rudd is off the table. Chris, you passed last time. Maybe you get a better idea after Robert Yates. Teammates with Dell Jarrett. Two wins in 1996. Number 28. I totally have this car in my Hot Wheels collection. Ernie Irvin. Ernie Irvin, what a guess. Nice. All right, Ernie Irvin in the Texaco car. In 1996, racing for Robert Yates in the 28. One in New Hampshire. Yes, Chris, time out. So I got that one. Yeah, you got that one. Ernie Irvin. You know who Ernie Irvin is? No. 
I totally Can I tell you a little history I of totally Ernie Irvin? I totally have the Texaco car, though, man. Can I tell you a little history of Ernie Irvin? See, is that we're talking about New Hampshire. Okay. Okay, so he won New Hampshire two years after uh, he suffered a nearly fatal wreck at Michigan International Speedway. Oh, see? Random facts that no one thought you'd know, but Chris does. Uh, I love it. <laughs> and All no right. one cares. <laughs> More to the point. <laughs> okay, we're going to 2013. More recent race here, 2013. Uh, Amos, you're up first with the guess. And first guess, 323 races in my career. Casey Kane. Casey Kane, no. All right. 2013 winner, raced 323 times in Cup Series, only recorded three wins, this being one of them. How many wins did he have? Three. And this was the last one of his career. Davey Allison. Davey Allison. In 2013? Damn. That'd oh, be, no, no. be pretty crazy. <laughs> okay, I screwed that one up. Never mind. You're out. <laughs> I'm out. Amos, uh, move on. I was racing Toyotas, and there's more to this clue, but that's all I'm going to give you here. I was racing Toyotas. Brian Vickers. Brian Vickers is a fantastic guess, and that is correct. So Brian Vickers with Michael wow. Waltrip racing in the 55 Aaron's car uh, won this race. He's the only Toyota, a Joe, uh, the only non-Joe Gibbs Toyota to win this race in New Hampshire. Wow. Uh, teammates Clint Boyer and Martin Shurick, so yeah, that's, that's a good one. Very nice. Very nice. All right. One to one sits our score. We're going to 2010, and you're at first, Chris. Your first clue. This was my second career win on this track. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch, no. All right. This was my second and last career win on this track, Amos. So I only won here twice. 2010. And he's only won two races in his career? On this track. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch, no. All right, next clue. I won six races this year. Six races, one in 2010. Joey Logano. Joey Logano, no. One of my six wins was in the chase, but, and that's all. Back to you, Amos. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, right. The but was, but I won my fifth straight title this year in 2010. That was a total guess. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson, yeah, all right. Hmm. Sorry, Chris. You were totally going to get the easy clue. My fifth straight title win. Uh, oh, yeah, that would have been the easy one. That, guess, that really would have been The guess come one. from nowhere. All right, 2004. Amos, what do you got for 2004? <laughs> okay, clue. This was one of my three wins this year. Ward Burton. Ward Burton. No, not Ward Burton. All right. So one of three wins this year for this driver in 2004. Both races in New Hampshire, I won. Tony Stewart? Tony Stewart. That was okay. That was an okay guess, I think. But no, no, not the not Tony Stewart this time. All right. The car I drove was black and gold. Black and gold? Black and gold car. What year? 2004. I do not remember a black and gold car. Black and yellow? Black and gold. Matt Kenseth? Matt Kenseth, no. All right. Black and gold car driving Fords for Roush Racing. Chris? I'm going to go with Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch is correct. The black and gold Sharpie car champion this season in 2004. Oh. Only with three wins the whole year. Like, it must have been a crazy year that year, huh? Well, they only they, the chase was only 10 races long in that particular era. Oh, so it was kind of easy don't even, to get the chase. They didn't do the chase in 2004. Yeah, they did. did they? He was the first chase winner, or the first champion of the 
they changed well they did a that. different format though right like it wasn't yeah. this format it was yeah, it's it like this uh 10 race sprint right yeah so all right um that makes it 2-2 two, two. amos you're in jeopardy of losing your first game in a while here i still have the points lead you can lose a battle every now and again, but uh, you got to win the war. Here we go. I see. I see. Okay. 1997 is going to be our next one. Let's see if you guys were paying attention during the history lesson. 1997. Winner. First clue. I had three wins this season. During his history lesson? Who's I, first? And I gave the history. And I gave the history yeah, lesson. Yeah, Chris is first. We totally talked about 1997. Yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, balls. I... <laughs> All right, that's a pass. I'm drawing a blank. Had three wins this season, this race being one of them in 1997, but I only was able to finish fourth in the standings. Bobby Allison? Bobby Allison, no, no. All right, I was Rookie of the Year in 1994, so what, this was like my third full-time season in Cup in 97. Rookie of the Year in 1994, Chris. Oh, good Lord, I'm drawing a, I don't know. I'm drawing a total blank. <laughs> Passing again, okay. Yeah. My teammates this year were Mark Martin and Ted Musgrave. <laughs> oh, man, I got Amos on this one. <laughs> if we were talking about history only. Um, so what did I say before, Davey? Mm-hmm. Bobby Allison? Okay, no, not Bobby Allison. At least, I mean, you're guessing. Chris is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my teammates were Mark Martin and Ted Musgrave, and we were driving Fords for Roush Racing. Roush kind of successful in this track uh, in the early thousands, late nineties. Oh, jeez, Kenny Irwin. Kenny Irwin, no. All right, I won this race in nineteen ninety seven, and then I won it in ninety eight and ninety nine. So three times in a row after this win in nineteen ninety seven. Jeff Burton. Jeff Burton is correct, oh. driving the number ninety nine. I don't know if I w- that would have gave it away. I felt like that, it would have. So would've, yeah, I kept it in my pocket. Once again, you were going to get that clue, Chris. Sorry, I was looking at the dark side of the history lesson. And oh, the, oh, okay. Where he See, let so every uh, lap and one. Chris mentioned this in his history lesson. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, I have that race on here. I'm like, ah, it's fine. Someone will remember. Yeah, it's fine because I. And then don't Chris didn't even remember his own history lessons. Yeah, so yeah. this is what you get when you listen to your teachers, guys. They don't even know what they're talking about, <laughs> right? <so. laughs> All right, uh, that concludes another win for Amos. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, rats. I came close. Yeah, yeah, you were close. But I still, and I extended the game my was like, overall lead. Yeah, it was totally set up for you there with the last one to win it all. Well, it. win this week. Blew it again. <laughs> it again. All right. Anything else to talk about, guys? We are going to be going to... What time is the race on on Sunday? 2. 2 Eastern, 12 Mountain on NBC Sports Network, I believe. Sorry, no. I misspoke. 3 Eastern, 1 Mountain on NBC Sports Network. So... Oh, goody. Very intriguing. Very exciting. Hate the NBC coverage. Uh, all right. No, no, no. I love it. It's, it's fantastic. Oh, did we see that USA, the uh, channel, is going to be doing a docu-series with NASCAR. Yeah, very, very interesting to see how that goes. We did not when see did that. When did they start that? <clears throat> I don't know if they're doing it for this year, if they're going to do it next season. Um, <clears throat> but I, I got to go read the article. I, I just saw it recently. So. From what I understand, I think the USA Network might be taking on more broadcasting of NASCAR. I think, I think that's forward. the plan from from what I've, he- I've heard. Like the NBC Sports Network is will, will cease away. to exist, yeah. essentially. And uh, that means NASCAR's got to go somewhere. So, right. yep. 
And I think USA is part of their umbrella of networks mm. or channels, whatever, because they put hockey games on that too. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. It's, uh, it'll be interesting. But yeah, docuseries, maybe it'll be like Drive to Survive style like uh, F1 does on Netflix. So That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd be down with that. All right, uh, we're going to get out of here then. Chris, you're good? You sure? <laughs> Looking forward to Watkins Glen after this week. <laughs> he gave me the thumbs up, guys. I know you can't see it, but that's what he was doing. Uh, Watkins Glen after this week in New Hampshire, then a big break. We'll figure out some fun stuff to do on big the show. Big break between after New Hampshire. Oh, sorry. Big break after New Hampshire. I know what I was meaning to say. Uh, we'll do some shows, though, and then we'll come back, race Watkins Glen, and finish out the last four races of the season. Should be fun end to the season, guys. So we're going to get on out here. Thanks for listening. Have a good rest of your day. Peace out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening.